Daily Utah Chronicle News Podcast. I'm Emma, and on today's episode of the podcast, we are going to talk about the U's April 20th discussion reflecting on Germany's war against the Jews from an American perspective. News writer Jake Duffy has joined us today to discuss what occurred at the conversation. Hi, Jake. Thanks for joining us on the podcast again. Hi, thanks for having me. Jake, can you explain one more time what you do here at The Chronicle? So I'm a news writer at The Chronicle, and lately I've just been focusing mostly on events and stories about the student experience on and off campus. Your recent online article examined the used discussion about Germany's war against the Jews, which was moderated by Hollis Robbins, Dean of the College of Humanities. Can you explain what the event focused on? The event focused primarily on remembering the Holocaust from an American perspective. And by that, it's kind of discussing anti-Semitism more broadly, kind of maintaining and remembering the kind of dying out Holocaust survivors across the U.S. and more about kind of the hatred from both the political right and left. So talking about the Holocaust, what led to the Holocaust, the symptoms that allowed for it to continue for so long, and how we can prevent that from happening in the future. According to your article, anti-Semitic incidents rose by 36% in 2022, reaching their highest level since the Anti-Defamation League started compiling data in 1979. What actions is the university taking to ensure Jewish students, among others, feel secure and at home? The University of Utah, that I'm aware of at least, doesn't have a Jewish student organization. Rather, there is a offshoot or a branch organization that works with the University of Utah. It's called Hillel for Utah. So it's a student organization that is separate from the University of Utah, not like a, a, a direct student organization with the university. But I think that Hillel does a lot for kind of young person or student representation within the Jewish community. The U, however, I feel like can and should do more to combat organizations that actively propel anti-Semitic conspiracies and hate speech. It's also really important inside of a state that is as deeply read as ours and with the kind of current flux of people being in opposition to equity, diversity, and inclusion institutions to ensure that those things still exist. Another thing that I feel like is really important, especially as a political science major here at the University of Utah, is to continue to include critical race theory courses to reference the, you know, from my college experience, the racial and ethnic politics course that I took with Professor Edmund Fong. That, uh, that course was an upper, upper division political science course. As many people know, it's a pre-law course as well. Refocused mostly on um, how race and ethnicity has kind of played a driving force in the development of the United States and historical incidents of racism, and in this case, even anti-Semitism. So I feel like the U should keep working with Hillel for Utah while continuing to ensure the existence of EDI institutions, propel those institutions forward, propel students of color and other minorities forward. Can you describe the panelists' names and the nature of their work? Amos Guiora, or Giora, is a professor of law at the uh, University of Utah's S.J. Quinney School of Law. His parents are both Hungarian Holocaust survivors. He wrote a book called Crime of Complicity, the Bystander in the Holocaust. And a lot of his research, or at least a lot of what he's done on his own instead of novels, sorry, not novels, just books that he's written, have often reflected around the ideas of institutional complicity and the bystander effect and how those two things 
kind of allow for the Holocaust to continue for such a long period of time. So he was there to bring those ideas of institutional complicity and the bystander effect while also being a direct reference of somebody that has a lineage or connection to the Holocaust, having both of his parents been survivors of the event. Bob Goldberg is a former professor of history at the University of Utah. He also wrote a research paper called The Bystander During the Holocaust, not to be confused with The Bystander in the Holocaust, Amos Giora's book. And Bob Goldberg also raised Jewish as well, was able to, you know, contribute some of his insights as a professor and how people were complicit during the Holocaust. In your story, you revealed new statistics by the Associated Press. Can you explain what these statistics revealed? The Associated Press found that nearly 90% of U.S. Jews feel that anti-Semitism is a serious problem in this country. That is a dramatic rise from the 73% that was in 2016. There's a lot of contributors that have led to this rise in anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. However, I believe that the drastic increase, and especially what we had discussed at the event as well, is as a result of the Soros or George Soros-oriented conspiracies that are affiliated with Donald Trump and the political far right, also paired with between those four years of 2016 and 2020, increased Palestinian solidarity, increased conflict within the region as well. So there's been a little bit of a growing sentiment of anti-Semitism on the left and right, and people on the left will often affiliate Jewish people with kind of the state of Israel, and then people on the right have co-opted the Israeli flag as kind of a symbol of Western hegemony. And so it's got two different components that are kind of leading up to it, and this kind of anti-Semitism is coming from both sides of the political spectrum. Can you explain what anti-Zionism is as defined by the Anti-Defamation League? Anti-Zionism, I'll go ahead and pull a quote directly from their website, but anti-Zionism is anti-Semitic in intent or effect as it invokes anti-Jewish tropes, is used to disenfranchise, demonize, disparage, or punish all Jews and or those who feel connection to Israel, equating Zionism um, with Nazism and other genocidal regimes. What was Goldberg's opinion on the presidency of Franklin D. Roosevelt in relation to the prosecution of Jewish people during World War II? Professor Goldberg's Bystander During the Holocaust is a research paper that I had also read, and it cites several incidents in which countries around the world were essentially bystanders in the genocide against Jewish people during World War II. So the Franklin Delano Roosevelt, or the FDR administration rather, had for all intents and purposes, not met or even reached closely the amount of people that it could have received from Eastern Europe that were commonly seeking asylum in Western countries in the United States. And so I, I don't have the exact numbers on that, but um, there was a few hundred thousand Jewish people that were seeking asylum from Eastern Europe in the United States and FDR actively denied or prevented that from happening. So there might be political reasons in the 1940s and late 30s that led to this, but for the most part, I believe that it was a prime example of how many lives could have been saved by the FDR administration and also more of a macro criticism of how the U.S. was a little bit late to the Second World War and a little bit late towards combating the genocide and persecution of Jews in the 1930s and 1940s 
You explained that as the discussion went on, the philanthropist George Soros was mentioned in relation to anti-Semitic plots by Goldberg. What has Soros been accused of? Bob Goldberg, during the event, had mentioned how the George Soros conspiracies often incited and kind of projected by far-right pundits and even former President Donald Trump. They often blame George Soros as being this kind of billionaire philanthropist that has financed Latin American caravans crossing the U.S. border, paying for protests in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, and also has been accused of owning a lab in Wuhan where the COVID-19 virus allegedly had had escaped. There's a, a lot of conspiracies that are levied towards George Soros, and so those have often fueled a kind of white supremacist bend of anti-Semitism and kind of create an idea that there is a, a giant establishment or a giant cabal that is fueled by George Soros. So combating those conspiracies on the far right is really important to Goldberg and, and all people that are trying to combat anti-Semitism in the U.S. What is the Stand Up to Jewish Hate campaign and what does the campaign encourage people to share? The Stand Up to Jewish Hate campaign was started by the CEO of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft. So the campaign encourages people to share a blue square and a hashtag, or sorry, the hashtag with a blue square that represents the 55% of all religious hate crimes that are directed towards Jewish people in the United States. What is being done to educate future generations about the Holocaust and the events that occurred? Not much that I know of right now. I think that it's just crucial for us to do exactly what Giora and Goldberg had advised and recommended. The last generation of Holocaust survivors are dwindling down to extremely low amounts of people. And so trying to reach out to those people, remembering them, commemorating them, platforming them is really important to having that direct connection. And I think what the next generation of Jewish people in the United States have to grapple with is losing that direct connection to the Holocaust, and there will be no longer any people that have experienced it. And so the challenge really is making sure that it is a part of curriculum, both in primary and secondary educational institutions, and ensuring that we're combating anti-Semitism, which often either minimizes or just completely eliminates the possibility of the Holocaust having had even happened in the first place. Is there anything else you would like to add today? Yes, I think after talking to Asher Ireland, who is the president of the student board at Hillel for Utah, we had a discussion where the subject that is incredibly political, t politically tenuous, which is the intersection between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, is very present on the political left. And so I believe that we should acknowledge it on both sides. It's more obvious the white supremacist bend on the political right, but also acknowledging the fact that my, with my conversation with Ireland, who was telling me that denying Israeli or Jewish right for self-determination is inherently anti-Semitic. And on top of that as well, it's, it's totally fair to criticize and be crit critical of the Israeli Defense Force and the Neset in Israel, but making sure that we're not assimilating all Jewish people as being a part of Zionism or the Israeli Defense Force and ensuring, you know, in the, in the same way that we don't assimilate all Muslims or all Arab people as being a part of Hamas or Hezbollah in the Middle East. So I think that the famed journalist who covered the Nuremberg trials, Hannah Arendt, 
created this concept of the banality of evil when studying and writing about the Adolf Eichmann trial. And I believe that the Holocaust was perpetrated by people that were able to commit really gruesome acts of violence based off of how it was normalized throughout society. So it's important that we don't make the same mistake and we remember these experiences, these people that experienced one of the worst genocides in human history, and to not make anti-Semitism or violence against marginalized people as just a normalized aspect of our society. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Jake. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on today's episode of News For You. And we will catch you in the fall.